Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey there, so uh, we're going. Um, hey there, so this is uh, another episode. My guest today is uh, here to talk about gaming, movies, and pop culture, because that's always fun. <laughs> I think the glimmering harpy herself, Raya. Raya. Hi, yeah. Um, good to meet you, Lorenzo. My name's Raya. Raya, hey, sorry about that. So, uh, same, same here. Same to meet you. Uh, agreed to meet you. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Just got home. Um, busy day. Uh, I had Veterans Day off um, today, or so. Yeah, I got a head start on some chores around the house and some errands. So pretty boring day so far. How about you? I'll say, uh, yeah, same here. I like how you get a day off and it's just to do chores and other stuff. That's what days <laughs> offer for. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah. No, I know that exact feeling and. I mean, yeah, uh, t- and tomorrow's my niece's birthday. That's the only reason I remember why it's Veterans Day. So I'm kind of like uh, trying to, uh, you know, uh, help my sister with any sort of uh, birthday obligations there. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, no, but I'm glad uh, you're off. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about gaming just because uh, I know that's kind of the content I've seen you uh, kind of push out and... Uh, I don't know. I, I rarely get to talk to anyone. That's weird. I know I see a lot of people gaming, but it's kind of weird to talk to people about it. I feel like no one really talks about it anymore. <laughs> That's know. so weird because um, I guess my feed is showing stuff that I interact with the most. So all I see is people who talk about video games, but I don't uh-huh. see what other people's feeds look like. So <laughs> yeah, this is news to me. That's funny. Maybe it's just my algorithm. Maybe I'm just a... <laughs> seeing all the terrible things i don't know maybe it just knows how i feel or who the people i follow it's always about like you know but everyone it feels like everyone's so negative about everything nowadays like any like the marvel's movie that's coming out or the ghostbusters trailer or uh video games even like when spider-man 2 came out i know they were like "Ooh, uh this this is such a short game da 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 you know and I just feel like everyone's so critical nowadays, you know? Do, do you see that a lot, or is it... Uh, do you have another opinion on it? I do see it, but I do think some of it is justified, like, um, especially for the amount of money and how little amount of content that we get for what we pay. Um, mm-hmm. I think it is totally within everyone's right to, you know, have some issues with, you know, the products that they, you know, put up money for, but I do sometimes feel that a lot of like the complaints let's say about the new spider-man games for example um there have been some like you know the miles morales game or the first spider-man game that were really well received and now other folks are kind of um, comparing the latest follow-up to it which is totally within the right to do so it makes sense it's the this next entry in the series um i guess what i personally default to is like i'm just glad that we have more content to enjoy like you know something is like being like being stoked that you know that they're there's still new stuff to you know experience and then i get that other people are like no i don't even want to waste my time with this if um that's all they're going to give us and i'm like okay that's fair too you know so i don't really uh have um I don't let other people's, you know, um, experiences, good or bad, try to influence mine. I try to experience the product for myself or have my own opinions on it uh, based off of my own experiences with it. Yeah, it's and it's what is it? It's like a ice cream shop, right? That's what that's a good analogy. Everybody has a different flavor. Uh, that's the fun of it, you know. You some might cho- like chocolate, some might like vanilla. Uh, just depends on your own taste uh also uh well i was it was good to talk about gaming uh wh- when did you first start gaming uh I- i'd saying i'm acting like oh well, you're a girl so girls don't really game that i remember when i was a kid that's how it was you know like <laughs> it was like oh girls don't really game no um when when uh did you 
like first start playing games did was it someone that handed you a controller or uh did you see something like on youtube or uh tv or something that got you into gaming yeah so it was in the uh, mid 90s or so so um let's see i was maybe around five or six and um I want to say the first console that I have like really like solid memories experiencing was the PS1. So mm. um, that is the console that uh, a lot of my uh, family members had. So I would go to their house, like my cousin's house and play Tekken, Spyro, Crash. Um, some of them had um, uh, and a Nintendo 64s as well. And I didn't have one personally. So I'd go to their house and play Yoshi Story, Mario Kart, um uh ocarina of time so that's how i experienced those titles too so yeah very much in that you know um what is it like 96 to uh 98 or so is mm -hmm. where like you know my formative years of you know i really really like video games you know happened and <laughs> i still uh default back to like that time period of like I don't know why games back then were just better than, than what uh, we get now. So I guess I'm like going back to that that uh, original question you asked about, do people sort of like over complain? And then I kind of feel myself saying like, I get it because like I have this idea of what I like and nothing uh -huh. else can really touch that, you know, pillar or like that, like uh, that I have established for that concept of what I think is like peak gaming. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so yeah, I, um, I will say that like, I have the very same like sentiment when it comes to games that I personally like have an emotional connection to. And in that specific like time period is where like, you know, I tend to, you know, kind of go back and see a lot of like the games that I'm into right now have a lot of similarities to those games that uh, I was into, like, what is it, like, uh, 25 or so years ago, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot a lot of what's old is uh, new again. Uh, I know, like, I grew up in uh, 80, well, I didn't grow up, I was born in 87, so I grew up around the same time in the 90s, uh, and had kind of the NES, the Super Nintendo, you know, the older ones, and then the PS1 I, I did really love, too, uh it's just funny too i think about like the games i see now like on youtube where they're like oh the hardest games to ever have existed or like we played them as kids and without any game guides really or anything like we, we didn't have youtube I, I wish we had youtube back then to see walkthroughs and you know these secrets or that secrets and uh it trips me out how like now i feel like I played a, a game the other day and I couldn't get past the puzzle. I had to look it up on YouTube. <laughs> it's just like, this is hard, you know? Yeah, man. Um, so like I would sometimes go back and watch uh, old angry video game nerd um, con uh, episodes. <laughs> and he was one of the first YouTubers I ever got into too, like hardcore, like just binge watching all his episodes. And I'm like, damn, this dude like grew up in that same era where you did, where like there were no, like what little guides existed were in like you know magazines you had to like go out and pay for or mm -hmm. like these mail order you know um like printed you know things that were very much like you have to know it exists in order to uh -huh. go and pursue it or so you had to if... find the the buddy the buddy at your school who had it written down in a notebook and stuff like that yes exactly so <laughs> it was very much just like yeah, you're on your own as far as like, even if you if you can't get past like a specific dungeon or boss or you don't know like a button mapping strat, then like, yeah, you're going to go your whole life without knowing it pretty much. But it's cool that after all these years, like I said, AVGN and then all these other um, uh, uh, retro gaming enthusiast channels that I kind of, you know, went down the rabbit hole and started watching as well. They surfaced all that information for us to be able to finally go back and like redeem our childhoods low key. And um, I really like it a lot. Um, I will say that there was like, I kind of get that feeling of like, I kind of like that mystery sort of like lingering in my brain from it from when I was a kid. And now that I solved it, I kind of feel like now what? <laughs> yeah, it's like finding out the meaning of life. It's like, okay, cool, but like now what? <laughs> We're still <Yeah>. here. <laughs> it's like, oh, we we know the answer. Okay, there's no reason the mystery solved. Like that's it. Yeah, no, exactly. Yes, and and then even back then too, in games, uh, they didn't have patches, so there were like glitches that could have stopped you from doing something too, and you just thought it was part of the game or something, and 
turns out like, oh, this this is a game breaking glitch or this will mess up. You know, you're not supposed to do this there or that. And I'm like, what? Like, how are we supposed to know that? I <laughs> no, dude, like, okay, so the same mindset that you have about like, yeah, back then games that were broken were just broken. I'm yeah. of the mindset of like, no, back then games were just complete, <laughs> you know, like that you didn't have to like, you know, worry about like DLC or updating it or patches and um, uh, pay to play mechanics and and things like that. I was, mm -hmm. um, uh, it was a much simpler time and it was a much more like, um, uh, I guess it was more fulfilling for me because I had very smaller um, access to games than I do now. Like a lot of people, I'm sure. Like, um, I didn't really have a whole lot of um, uh, access to games outside of like, you know, some key um, uh, mascot based games. Like, you know, like I mentioned, Spyro, Crash Bandicoot, Legend of Zelda, Mario Kart, Yoshi's um, Yoshi Story. Like those are all ones that a lot of people also have like core memories with. But outside of that, not necessarily like too much access to those uh, other titles in in those libraries. So what um, what I did get access to uh, sort of like those being complete experiences of their own. Again, it's that that pillar that I built up and put all these games on a platform for where not many other, you know, experiences in gaming can really touch nowadays because mm -hmm. I just, you know, yeah, that's what I feel like. Again, is like peak gaming. Like, yeah, that was a complete experience. Those are like the um, these monoliths in like gaming history that, you know, I just sort of like have um, in my brain. So, yeah, I just no, no. wanted to. Uh I'm absolutely, I absolutely have the same thoughts for like, because back then, and again, is is I keep saying back then, uh, you bought a game, or you're a kid, so you're not really like we are now, where we make our own money, we could buy any game that we uh, theoretically want to, uh, or demo. Demos were kind of like hard to come by back then. You had to buy a magazine to maybe get a demo disc, but um, like if you bought a game or your parents bought you a game, you had to like play that game, like that was your only game i remember like playing back and forth like diddy kong racing like getting that game and just beating the crap out of it beating everything playing it over and over just being so good at it and it's stuff like that like that one and man uh i remember this old game boy game uh warrior War versus Bomberman, and just uh it's it's like it's a good game but i remember just beating it and being so good at it where you know, you could just beat it blindfold at a certain point, but it's just because, like, oh, we're just buying this one game. You better, better like it. And <laughs> that's you, you beat it, you know? Yeah, definitely. It was, um, let me see. I'm trying to think of a game where I just like, I had no choice but to like it. <laughs> Actually, that was, um, so my favorite game series ever, um, Spyro the Dragon. I actually got that as a Christmas gift and I, didn't want it originally i didn't i didn't know that it was um going to be as fun and enjoyable mm. as as i thought it would be um i had never really heard of it i've i've never seen people in my family play it and um yeah so i kind of i had no choice but to keep it so uh, i went ahead and opened it played it on my ps1 and i just got into it like you know the music is so immersive um it was uh fully like uh three full 360 motion uh real world exploration and um environments that sort of reacted around you as well we've we've seen that in other games as well too but like i felt really immersed in that game so yeah that was a that was a game where like originally as a kid because i had so little knowledge about like who this this character was it came out in like late 1998 so that was like those years where i kind of had a feeling of like okay yeah i i know who crash bandicoot is i know who like you know sonic and mario are and um uh link from legend of zelda so yeah like you know who's who's spyro so like, yeah he, <laughs> and um i saw that there was a demo for crash bandicoot in the um in the spyro game as well so i got to you know play like part of like the new crash bandicoot game at the time i think it was crash bandicoot um uh, warped yeah so yeah. like i played mm -hmm. a demo of that and uh yeah i just got more and more into spyro and it was also one of those games where um uh, because I didn't have access to like a strategy guide or any or any knowledge on where to get um, uh, in game um, or how to get help on uh, specific areas in a map or something that I'm stuck on, a lot of those levels ended up not being 
complete it when I was a kid until maybe <laughs> later on as a, an adult when I could go and watch someone else, you know, through uh, walk, do a walkthrough of the same map I was stuck on for all those years. So, yeah, just thought I'd throw that out there. No, no, I've been there too. Uh, recently, like with games like Resident Evil, I never beat the, like I had the GameCube remake. I never had the original, like for PlayStation. Uh, I just didn't like scary games back then as a kid. You know, I just would play like Tony Hawk and Pac-Man and stuff. Uh, Driver. I really liked Driver when it came out. It was a good game. Hard as heck, but I, I remember beating it. It was fun. Uh, but yeah, um, now like uh, being able to just see people beat a whole game and like nothing. Like even the speedrunners like uh, basically tear apart a game <laughs> from one to zero, you know. Uh, it's crazy youtube's crazy uh i know there's any uh do you think of any games that you've played that you wish like have gotten that would get more attention because I, I know like for instance like my niece is really into professor layton and it has like a lot of attention like in japan and stuff but she's like why don't people like this more why don't people like this more and i'm like i don't know it's a good series but you know is there anything you think uh should come back or you you play and no one like knows about it, you know. You're like the only one. Hmm. I'm trying to think because um, I was gonna say maybe like Cooking Mama or some other sort um, sim game, but those are all really popular actually uh, nowadays. Um, I know um, when I here's a story here when I uh, I always talk about I, well I don't always talk about this, but there was a game on the Xbox 360 called Shadowrun, and uh, it was at the first it was a first person shooter uh that it was the very first game to ever have cross play where you could play with windows so pc and xbox 360 and then it, it was the first game that i've ever heard of that only had multiplayer it didn't have a single player campaign so it was just like six maps and it was like magic versus tech uh type things multiplayer and I remember the reviews, everyone crapping on it because it was like, this is only multiplayer for $60. Uh, and, and the crossplay is so weird. Mouse People on the mouse and keyboard are going to have the advantage. And now that's like normal for the world is like you only you pay $80 for a game that's only multiplayer, you know, or free to play, quote unquote. But then you end up uh, paying for whatever. So I, I always like think about that game Shadowrun like man this was ahead of its time but not in like a the best way but it was a fun game I remember back when yeah so like back then um you're reminding me of like land parties uh I know it's not necessarily the same thing that you're referring to but I had friends who are like oh yeah dude we're gonna go to have a land party and everyone would just bring in their you know um bring in their xboxes to people's houses and just you know like you know land it up i guess i never mm -hmm. really got into it because i never had an xbox console growing up i was always like you know nintendo and playstation not necessarily because i was um like that was just what was you know bought for me as a kid like yeah, yeah. Uh, every generation i would get like uh one console um and a game and then that would be it for like you know several years at a time um mm. i didn't have a ps3 though surprisingly enough but um i ended up getting one later as an adult anyway um yeah the whole <laughs> land party situation with like you know halo and stuff like that again i didn't really have a whole lot of experience or exposure to that ip uh so for the whole first person shooter genre like just went way over my head like you know i just Again, going back to um, as a kid, like I only had like, you know, exposure to very specific, you know, key titles for what limited amount of consoles I did have access to. And um, I'm missing a whole like, you know, um, generation of <laughs> uh, of um, of consoles where that that genre just blew up like PS3 and 360. Oh, yeah. I didn't I, I was not part of that. So that went over my head too. It wasn't until maybe like uh, a year or two ago that I actually started to open up my mind a little bit more to first person shooters. I think um, the one that really helped me with that was Doom. I think it's because Doom mm. is like very, um, it is, what is it? It was a very, for me, it was very pick up and play friendly and I didn't necessarily have to, 
uh, use a gun uh, or some, some sort of like shooty weapon or whatever. I could just, you know, rip and tear people in first person. <laughs> and for me, I was like a little worried about like, oh, my aim sucks. Uh, I don't know, like being in first person is kind of jarring for my senses, blah, blah, blah. But once I got into it, like Doom 2016 and then um, and uh, playing, um, gosh, what was uh, the sequel to that? So like um, those two games really just, you know, helped me you know see okay yeah now i see why this genre is so popular and i now i see why doom is so popular online all these retro game enthusiasts talk about doom like um like oh, with man. all this hype and praise and uh now mm -hmm. i get it like um i didn't play the originals yet but yeah the the remakes and then there was a spiritual successor to like the um the n64 versions of doom called proteus so proteus is from some of the developers of of the older doom games and i played that and uh, i really liked it as well so it was kind of compelling me to go back and play the older doom games too just because like i love that aesthetic of um uh, a 3d space but everything is like still pix um in pixel you know graphics mm -hmm. so yeah i was big into that no, I, I know my buddy uh that does all my art for my show he's he's super into doom where lately, like, you can play Doom and they still have servers and mods, like, of the old school Doom. And it's almost kind of like Minecraft, where everyone makes, like, their own game within Doom and have your own little uh, mod. They call them wads instead of mods, but I don't know why. But they're, uh, they're mods in the Doom universe, and you could play those. And he's super down the rabbit hole with that and those different uh, mods. Uh, I know me, just like you with uh I, I skipped the whole first person shooter genre too i just wasn't i wasn't good at it i was telling everyone i don't like this it's stupid but it's because i wasn't good at it uh until gears of war came out in for the xbox 360 and that's when i was like oh man this is a shooter i i, I got into because it was just more cover based more strategic i don't know i liked it more than halo seymour run and gun and uh the first person just like like you were saying it kind of like i didn't like the way it felt you know that first person view it felt real weird and then the third person i i liked it you know it felt more uh at home <laughs> i guess you know yeah no um doom definitely helped me see the light a little bit i'm like okay yeah now i see why this genre is so popular so um i haven't yet picked up other games that i was kind of interested in like um there was overwatch and then um uh what was the other one uh borderlands those were the two like stylistically like tend they kind of align more to what i'm into like um art art style wise for games mm -hmm. that i'm that i'm really into i just haven't picked those up yet but um yeah that those are ones that are on my list to check out as well and speaking of uh of that i was gonna say um are there any games that like you consider sort of like art like i, I want to say like almost mo movie like because i don't know if you ever played bioshock have you ever played bioshock oh man so <laughs> it to me i i could name a few that like like video games that made you moved you right and so like bioshock's a first person shooter it's got a great story to it uh part two has an even better story so it made me cry Games like uh, Life is Strange. I don't know if you ever played that uh, story-wise. A game, uh, Mass Effect, uh, Heavy Rain, like uh, those. I'm, I'm familiar with all of those. Yeah. Yeah. But, no. Um, I haven't like played real... them. Okay. Well, they're they're real cinematic, right? And I was wondering if like any games that hit you that hard, where you were like, "Man, this this made me feel like emotional," you know, almost mo like a movie or like a memory, you know, like a moment. Hmm. Gosh, I'm put, I feel like a lot of pressure is on me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, um, trying, I'm trying to think of what other game recently I played. Have you have you heard of or played Omori? No, I haven't. What's oh that? Oh my! It's it's like in the style of um. Do you know uh what is it? Earthbound, like an RPG. Yeah. Like it's it's like Earthbound, but the story is just. I don't want to spoil it, <laughs> but it's so depressing and it's about depression and like, you know, suicide and uh, guilt and all that. And I don't know. It, it, it's just the story hit me so hard. And I thought I was playing a friendly, cool little Earthbound. Oh, even Earthbound. 
if I've seen gameplay of that, that story's pretty messed up too. Uh, near the end of it, when you start fighting like the the main boss or something, it's like a I don't know. It's supposed to be a representation of the future, the future self, and then you fight your baby self. I don't know, but <laughs> I'm I'm paraphrasing here. But uh, yeah, is there any like I, I don't know if you've currently like the Spider Man or any of the Switch games where like it affected you? You're like, man, this this could be like just as good as a movie. I, I know a lot of games are like that now, but uh, like where you felt it, you know, emotionally. Hmm. I think I'm gonna go with one of the recent RPGs I've been playing was um um it's part of, it's um in the Atelier uh, Atelier um yeah it's it's one of these um um JRPGs where you're basically you're gathering items creating spells and going on quests and then there's side quests and you're building up a team of two other characters who travel along with you basically pretty standard you know um rpg mechanics but um the story itself is um it has like this uh ticking clock you know mechanics so there's a lot of urgency where um mm. you're uh you're tasked with um you're a student in this you know um this school where you know you have a have a few different like magic tests i guess that you have to pass through every semester and your care your character is kind of you know kind of a goofball kind of a screw screw up you know they're you know not really taking their studies seriously so they get scolded all the time and then you try to prove them wrong but prove people who you know don't believe in you wrong and by you know being the best that ever was and <laughs> be, be, uh, <laughs> passing all of your passing all your tests and stuff like that so it's on um the player to um be resourceful with their time as well as like um salt uh fulfill all these quests and um uh for me the i guess simple stories like that tend to hit home a little bit more for me especially like when i'm in the middle of playing it and i tend to see characters that remind me of people in my life or people from my past where i'm like okay i can see myself more in the protagonist's shoes a little bit like they're you know, uh, either they're being gaslit by this one character who's saying <laughs> that they're not good enough to to pass um, the specific class in order to pass the semester and be taken seriously. And uh, there's another character who um, is just like super like empathetic and friendly and uh, believes in you and um, yeah, is very defensive of you. And then there's also a character that um, I yeah you you kind of have to be that person for where you have to inspire them to you know stand up for themselves and see their own self-worth so i was like okay yeah like this is something that like it's it's a very simplistic game in terms of mechanics but the um the overall like world building was just so um it seems really simple as well but it's like so relatable at the same time that um yeah. i think it was like uh it being so simple made it more concise for me to be able to apply it to where i'm at in my life and apply it to things and situations that i've personally experienced and that tends to resonate with me a little bit more so yeah like if uh i guess describing it as like maybe slice of life you know uh situations and um character interactions i tend to really like those a lot even if like the world around it is fantastical and magical and um uh things like that um the the characters themselves are very much you know root, rooted in humanity so yeah those are the types of stories i really like oh no definitely yeah i i could feel the same way for like mass effect where i'm uh of course we're we're not in that age where we're going through different planets at high speeds and stuff like that but you can relate to the character where it's like i have to make this choice uh this is how i would choose in real life or uh you know what i mean like you want to you know when you have the choice of the the i say the good being the good dialogue or being the bad dialogue you you kind of want to self-represent yourself and this is what i would do in that situation even though i'm not really in space you know <laughs> and, and uh-huh uh, uh we um
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What was I just say? We we have the and I was talking about the movies and video games. I was talking to you about earlier with Spider Man. Uh, how do you feel about like how things are with movies being video games and then video games being movies? Like the space we're in right now, because you know before and you you grew up with it. I'm sure where when we had a uh, video game uh, or movies as video games, they were pretty much crappy. I mean, some of them had exceptions. You had like pretty good spider-mans and then just depending on if you like the game or, or whatever for its charm but typically you know movie properties as video games typically failed and then but even back then uh video games as movies typically failed uh i know i'm sure you've seen it a, a couple of times maybe like with uh what are you maybe you grew up with the resident evil movie franchise not that it failed but it kind of failed the gamer uh critically speaking how do you feel about that like right now how it's going yeah you made a really good point um i like how you put it where um the vi the video game ips that um or no the comic book ips that are adapted into video games there are some really good examples of those, but when it's a um, comic book adapted into a movie that's then adapted into a video game, that's where it's like, okay, yeah, like something like might have, you know, filtered it down a little weirdly there. Uh -huh. Uh -huh, <laughs> um, definitely. Yeah. So like, uh, for example, like there's been some really good Spawn video, uh, video games and I love Spawn. He's one of my favorite uh, comic mm. book characters. And um, I also like The Crow. Yeah, like um, The Crow comic book series that was adapted into a movie. But then the video game adapted from that movie. Um, I think maybe it was adapted from the sequel. I forget. But yeah, that one. Uh, yeah, it was just a hard pass as far as like what <laughs> like it's it felt like I think I understand now what is the, the issue. So when a comic book movie is adapted into a video game, that's clearly just them trying to, you know, like, you know, cash in on like the the relevance of that ip in that moment while the movie's mm -hmm. out so i think that's where like they sort of like uh outsource <laughs> the game development to as like some like for lack of a better word maybe inexperienced maybe just you know um the least expensive <laughs> form of labor that they could get to get a the um, quickest to get the quickest game out like mm -hmm. as soon as the movie's out and mm -hmm. that's where the that poor gaming experience comes from but when it's just a standalone um comic book ip adapted into a video game that doesn't necessarily have a movie tie-in that those tend to be like a those like really strong uh well playable or like well thought out in my in my opinion and um very much more like enjoyable because the game mechanics are so much more um uh finished and thought out and more uh focused on like the actual player experience as opposed to just having as many references from the movie <laughs> into it as much as possible but then and then you were saying too it, it it's also not just a studio a game studio that's doing it for a quick buck at a quick rate it's a, a well-established game studio uh you know handling the ip and really like taking their time to make sure they're making something that uh the fans will like you know and even just game players i'm sure will like too because uh i don't know i've never played uh like a spider-man game but i love spider-man like it looks good i've just never <laughs> cared to play spider -Man. i don't know it's, yeah, it's weird yeah, no, yeah i get it that's a, a really good example too because like not just because like Insomniac is obviously they're the developers for Spyro, but they're also just well known industry wide for all just like that mark of uh, quality, you know, mm -hmm. like you're more than more than certainly going to get a good game from them no matter what. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, like as far as I know, there haven't been any 
um, issues with having to meet a deadline for a game to be tied in with another product. And I think that's what um, what builds that brand loyalty and trust to Insomniac as a brand, but also um, just how the, the care that they put into like the Spider-Man games has made it sort of like this, again, it's just like this, um, this whole new pillar of excellence that all these other um, comic book movie adaptate or comic book IP adaptions for video games that they have to like aspire to next. So I like it because it's um, compelling other studios to kind of like hit these benchmarks. And even if mm-hmm. they don't hit the Insomniac Spider-Man, you know, uh, level of excellence somewhere in the middle or somewhere, you know, close enough to it, it's still pretty good. So yeah, I would like say that that's a good thing. No, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's making sure that uh, it's proving right that uh, a game can be adapted from a comic book or from a movie character. It, it's possible. A very good game, AAA, you know, profitable and all that. It, it's possible. Like everyone else who didn't do it before just didn't care to do it or didn't do it right, you know. So it does uh, keep into that. Um, and what do you think about like like now with all the comic book movies, you know, I, I'm not saying this is just me personally. And I've, it looks like from what I see uh, on the Internet, people are getting kind of burned out on them. Uh, do you think people will get like that with like, look at the video game movies that are starting to come out? Like, I, I didn't see the Super Mario Brothers. It looks good. I hear it's good. But like now you have that. And then I just heard they're going to do the Legend of Zelda uh, live action. So do you think they're going to kind of get burnt out there when, when um, hope, you know, I, I don't want it to happen, but do you think that's potentially what might happen that people will get burnt out of these? I don't know. These, these, uh, I don't know. It's like they're taking these ideas that are already established and just bringing them to a new audience. But uh, do you think people will get burned out on it? Kind of like comic books or the movies? Mm, I don't know if, um, it's so uh i kind of go back and forth with uh using the term burnt out it's um for me i guess like when i think of someone something that's burnt out it's something that there's no more excitement to ignite that um that interest Mm -hmm. where um you feel like you already know what's what you're getting from from the movie or like the tv show or adaptation before it even before you even see it so there's no excitement there so maybe that is that sense of burnt burnout where there's nothing else that excites you about and these uh about new stuff that comes out so mm-hmm. yeah um i tried to talk about that a little bit um in the past um like on my channel uh i i only kind of scratched the surface and um I tried to outline some of the um the possibilities of like why you know the excitement level for the amount of um uh content that we're getting being so much higher than it's been in the past but apathy sort of like going up as well um it's that read that i have personally on just like my very limited scope of like the community that I have access to and interact with where mm-hmm. I kind of feel like um, there's there's frustration and there's frustration because of the apathy part of it. They like these IPs that folks are like they grew up with and they're very like you much very much like, you know, like connected to like Mario and Legend of Zelda. Um, the idea of a cinematic universe of those characters doesn't necessarily, you know, uh, ignite that passion for what they have, uh, that connection with those characters from from all the way back in the day. So, like, I guess, like, full going back to like what I was saying about uh, my formative years as a gamer and my idea of like what these games meant to me. Uh, I guess a good example would be like I don't necessarily feel like I need a cinematic universe of Spyro the Dragon and Crash Bandicoot. I'm sure like you know an animated <laughs> universe um it it has happened like you know on in um in animated form like um on a sh- on a smaller scale but I didn't need that to exist in order to um uh I guess grow my connection to those characters. In fact, I kind of feel weird that um I have this, um, that, 
that I'm now kind of being pressured <laughs> to to like this content unless mm -hmm. uh, or else I'm not a true fan. Uh, so I I see like kind I feel like I'm seeing a lot of uh, the the different perspectives of people who are like I'm I'm just exhausted of the being um, reminded of things that I that I liked <laughs> 20 30 years ago. I still really <laughs> really like those things. I just uh, would like to be allowed to like new things as well. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I I think that's what it comes down to. It's not just people just saying like, no, I don't want this. Um, you know, they're they're ruining my childhood, blah, blah, blah. Like I think underneath it, it's like, yeah, like we um uh, it's uh this content can exist, but I don't feel like it is going to enhance my um excitement for what I already love, and I don't mm -hmm. necessarily feel like my appreciation for that IP is going to make me want to support this new, um, these new products that are coming out that are related to it. Like I said, like you know, I don't want like a cinematic universe of like every video game character that I love. I I'm not gonna object to it existing, and I hope other people like it. But, um, but yeah, it's just like that feeling of like, of, uh. uh excess leading to like apathy leading to like you know uh uh frustration well, because you feel stagnant basically well there's all like you, what you're putting it, it sounds to me there's all risk and no reward you know like it, it there's only it like it, if it does succeed it really doesn't it just it just uh succeeds to not fail it <laughs> you, know, you know yeah yeah, yeah. so like um uh, the Super Mario Bros. movie. I'm stoked that it, you know, earned a billion dollars. I'm stoked that Barbie made a billion dollars. I loved both mm -hmm. those movies. And um, uh, yeah, uh, if there's more movies to come, great. But the product, or sorry, not product. I don't want to talk about it. The, the films as if they're just, you know, <laughs> just like packaged, you know, goods, even though they mm -hmm. kind of are. But basically yeah. I'm saying like, um, yeah, the Super Mario Bros. movie as like a standalone film story arc. I'm content with that. If like we don't get anything else, that's totally fine. Same with the Barbie movie. I had a full character arc that I'm content with, uh, that I don't feel the need to have supplemental um, uh, TV shows and films to further expand my appreciation for it. Uh, the appreciation is there, you know, I don't feel like it's <laughs> going to go away anytime soon, but I don't think that further um, uh, supplementary, like, you know, stories and characters and things like that are going to expand that appreciation. In fact, it might lead me to feeling exhausted um, from seeing it and being reminded of it so much. Uh, mm -hmm. I think what made it special was because it was like that one moment in time that really resonated with me. And then I can walk away carrying it with me from there but being constantly reminded <laughs> of like that resonance <laughs> it's like okay yeah now it's starting to lose its meaning it's starting to you know dissipate into the ether and now i'm just annoyed with these characters now so mm -hmm. now it's just kind of defeating the purpose you know of um using nostalgia to market to people it's like exhausting them more than anything <laughs> oh yeah especially to like you said uh true like true fans that really did you know like it or appreciate what it was originally and then to just uh milk it for all that it's worth it's like oh why why did i even like it in the first place i i'm forgetting now you know yeah totally. <laughs> and i lastly uh i know i saw one of your videos i uh, loved it about a physical uh you know edition they, they call it physical editions of video games like like uh as if it's special now it is though uh but now, like, games, you know, everything's digital now. Uh, it's almost like we care about just the convenience of downloading something or the speed of getting it and the lack of a physical game or physical edition. Uh, do you think, like, they're just going to completely go away, the the whole, like, physical game aspect? Yeah, I think that there is going to be a point where physical media is just going to be for very limited release um and i think a lot of products are just going to default to digital only it really sucks because i have memories of like pc games still coming out on discs and folks <laughs> coming into stores with the intention to buy them just to have them even if like you know you install the game from the disc and then you you store away the disc for the rest of you know 
of time. Like, there was just, I guess... I'm kind of on, I'm kind of on the fence. Like if you had asked me like maybe a year or two ago, I'd be like clutching my pearls saying like, no, not my physical media. But now <laughs> I'm just like, um, I feel like there is a, there's enough, um, in my, for me personally, there's so many games that are out currently that are on physical media that uh i would never in my lifetime have enough time to play anyway so any additional games that come out whether it be like digital or physical or whatever like um i'm just happy that that uh access exists for the for that content and i would hope that for um games and um other media that is on physical media is also going to be available in perpetuity in the future, whether it be digital or physical as well. So I think ultimately um, it does kind of suck because yeah, I'm always kind of thinking, well, what if, um, you know, the internet dies or my hard drive dies and um, where am I gonna access my games or my uh, storage on my, on my, um, uh, my SD card corrupts, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. All these things are why I kind of default to physical games. But at the same time, I'm like, well, that's why back backups exist you know like mm -hmm. there's there's not going to be a point where okay yeah maybe like one one or two games are like lost in time or and i can't access them again that would really suck at least we have like you know proof that the game exists hopefully existed <laughs> at one point but again like um for me being a gamer and not necessarily like you know uh, a historian uh i am like okay, yeah, that sucks. I can't lament that, you know, that handful of games that was just, you know, forgotten in time or we lost because at the end of the day, I just want to be able to experience more games uh, while I'm still here. Like, and um, that's what I have the most interest in is um, uh, just, you know, uh, playing new games and or being able to experience as many games as I can that I, that I really enjoy. So, yeah, I guess like that's the 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 long version of the story where <laughs> I was trying to explain that even though like I am sad that physical media is getting phased out, ultimately if it's accessible digitally, that's great. And then there's so many games out in the world already that I I personally wouldn't lament uh losing a few in time or if I have like save files that get corrupted or hard drives full of games that gets corrupted. Um yeah like um there there are backups and then there's a bunch of other games to play in the meantime you know when I, and, and i remember well you're around the same growing up at the same time when digital first came out uh i remember when it first came out that the argument and i might have read this in a xbox magazine or something that it, what if since we're not using physical media it'll be cheaper because it's just downloading the file and i was like well that makes in my head back then that makes sense because you know whenever it would show you the price of publishing a game and there's a certain percentage where they have to make it into physical discs print it up blah blah blah. and now like digital games are the same price as physical games i'm like well, what the heck is this i thought we were gonna save money because you're not actually making it you know uh into a physical edition and I guess that's where uh, it kind of bugs me is that, you know, it's going straight from whatever you you or game company to the consumer minus, um, let's say, if you're on a, the App Store or something, the App Store gets the fees or Steam, but it's more direct. <laughs> and for some reason, we're paying the same, if not more now. Jeez, you know. Yeah, yeah. You make a really good point. And um like on top of that, uh, physical games tend to go on sale a lot more frequently than um, than the digital versions. Mm -hmm. Like, and there are other like you know brick and mortar reasons why that happens. Like with Target and Best Buy, for example. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to get too much into that, but as far as like what you were saying about digital, um, supposedly like was supposed to bring in you know less expensive games. Um, yeah, it's frustrating because even though they're not paying like you know. The retailer percentage they might be playing the paying the 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 download platform like you said but 
uh, they're getting a lot, like these game studios and developers are getting a lot more money than they are by uh, not having to pay for physical media or real uh, retailer, you know, uh, real estate and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, like it's, it, it is uh, another reason why I'm like, well, why would I pay $60 for a digital key if I can just, you know, pay like wait till Black Friday and get this game for like uh, forty dollars <laughs> physical <laughs> at Best Buy. <laughs> uh, so I'm I am saying like this is not going to be forever. This is probably going to last maybe a good one to two more years <laughs> where I can say this. So this is going to be like I'm, I'm aging this video terribly by saying this. <laughs> that I'm still like you know hanging on to that um, yes holiday sales um, for physical media, but um, I. Um, I do know on on the immediate horizon, like those days are numbered. <laughs> and, and and you know, there's there's uh, pros and cons. I know we can look at the whole. Uh, this helps like smaller studios because they couldn't really get themselves like physical editions of games, so they could put it straight to the consumer. Uh, like those small independent studios, da da da. But I, I don't know. I'm thinking more of a where the bigger scale where. You have look at uh what they just announced uh and I don't know if it's a rumor but the new Grand Theft Auto is supposed to be what budgeted at one to two billion dollars and I'm like cheese and crackers how do you <laughs> like how much is that game gonna be it's like rumored that it's gonna cost like a hundred and eighty dollars for the base game or something like jeez oh my gosh that is that's that's wild okay like here's a question for you so like would mm-hmm. you rather just pay up front for like a full game experience with all the dlc all the like you know payables up front but that's the only way you can buy the game or would you rather have them nickel and dime you and then you can like um and then you have to like just pay over time like which was is your preference i think it would depend on the game but like let's say the most recent mortal Kombat that just came out I bought the edition with all the, like, uh, already the DLC before they announced it, you know? So you're basically getting all the combat packs. I think I paid, like, 120 110 or 120 for it, and it comes with all future foreseeable DLC, potentially, you know? I mean, something could happen that it, it doesn't guarantee it. But, yeah, I think if it was a game that I really, like, wanted to play or like to, I, I guess I would have no argument but that there's some arguments like call of duty maybe where it's like what i gotta uh pay this to like like when they had where you had to buy a modern warfare to play the classic modern warfare 2 or something i I can't remember how it was specifically but i know it was like i have to buy the new game to get the older game that's the only way i could get it you know it's it's kind of like nah I, i don't know (laughs) it just Mm. depends it's the it's it's the scenario i guess you know i mean i've noticed i'm i'm drawing a blank on other games that do this as well oh access to the previous um version of the game but you have to buy the new version first well Uh, um man i can't remember what modern it was like you you got modern war or you got classic modern warfare 2 remastered but you had to buy like the newest modern warfare game that came out like that was the only way you could get that one in a it was in the game like in a code or something i, and I can't then recall it would it would be funny if um modern warfare 2 remastered ended up being a lot more popular than the game you had to buy <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. to play it. <laughs> that's what people wanted to play because they wanted to go back to those old maps with like new matchmaking and stuff you know what i mean like they're like oh man because i don't know if you grew up with modern warfare 2 uh like i didn't really like it at first but then my brother got me really into it and that was fun as heck that one like that was probably the 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 what is it the the temple that built the entire modern warfare like why it still exists it's so popular because that one was so good you know uh but yeah I, i feel like that's how a lot of games are now where oh you have to buy you know this to get the rest of this and it would just depend. I, I'm not a fan of Grand Theft Auto. I just never got into it, so I couldn't see myself paying a hundred and something dollars for the base game or any other DLC that may be promised. Uh, but you know, oh right, yeah, I forgot. Like, um, that would be another good example of um, um, 
a video game adapted into a movie. I know we were talking about how some of those can be hit or miss, but I think it's when they try to co-op a movie uh, that is based on a comic book or video game into another uh, video game. <laughs> That's where, you know, it kind of gets lost in the sauce. But if it just goes from like, um, like a standalone GTA movie, and it's not necessarily like tied into any other product releases or if they can find a way to make it so that it is uh, uh i don't know if they want to adapt every gta into its own movie like san andreas or vice city um although that would be really cool um if they were to do that as like each as a standalone movie i wouldn't object to it i would definitely watch it i just feel like maybe um if they were going to uh make it so that it is plausible that it ex it would occur in that universe the gta universe of like you know games mm -hmm. like a like its own unique story mm -hmm. uh yeah i would be down for that too which i think that they may actually go for because like i didn't uh ever watch any of the resident evil movies but were they necessarily one-to-one -one adaptations of any of the games or were they just individual stories they were like their own thing but they took like liberties from the games like oh there's that character he's that's how he's in here but the main character was that um uh, mila jovovich i can't remember what what her uh, name was in that movie but she was like Al her name was alice she was like made the made up uh character in that movie and then they built the universe around her and so i know in some videos it's like or some of the movies it was like oh there's wesker or oh there's uh chris redfield or jill valentine so like they threw them in there as more like easter eggs rather than like uh actual to the game story because you could have probably just adapted resident evil part one uh word for word script you know like <laughs> and then like shot for shot and then make a good movie you know uh but they they took their own liberties and then even like more so like i don't know if you saw the resident evil tv series that just came out or that had no. recently come out it was weird on netflix as well as twisted metal that they did on peacock which they just i don't know they just took their own liberties and it, it's it's strange it's not bad but it's not if you're gonna go there expecting to see like oh this is just like the video game this is cool in real life it's not it's just strange you know i guess um that's where last of us is sort of improving on mm. the let's just do what's in the game and not try to deviate too much um last and, of us did it right yeah. they did it right yeah i enjoyed it and i never played uh last of us Me and too. um there uh i was able to follow the story just fine even though I've, i'm not familiar with the story of the of the source material so yeah now that i'm talking about it originally i was like well if they were to make a, a gta movie i don't know how they would want to make either a standalone story or try to adapt existing stories but i guess if since i mentioned last of us and how successful that is compared to the other examples that we talked about maybe it is you know uh yeah like the source material is good enough like you know the story in gta is cinematic and you know uh the characters are great just find you know the actors for it and mm -hmm. the story's already there and the dialogue's there too so yeah all you have to do is just you know put it in live action <laughs> mm -hmm. exactly there's it's already such a good story you can literally copy it word for word well not literally but i'm saying like like just copy copy the the paper you know <laughs> copy <laughs> my work and, and get it done and it'd be great you know what i mean it, it yep. it's already a good story the source material but yeah, no, uh, ex exactly. I, I that's just the way I feel, especially uh, with that. And then yeah, physical media. I, I'm worried about it, uh, like you said. But that's just the way things are gonna go now. Especially people want it now, convenience and all that. Uh, but no, it was, it was great. I appreciate your time today talking about video games. I'm sure, we could talk about other stuff like. Uh, you know movies i don't know uh if you watch anime i'm trying to get more into anime <laughs> from the sake Same. of my niece <laughs> yeah me too and then um i am following a lot more comic book movie news and um other you know film news as well because of my friends i enjoy talking about it with them i know we have a lot of um uh 
colleagues in the film discussion space as well. So I'm trying to keep up with them too by watching all this content. So yeah. Oh yeah, Same no, there it's yeah, it's it's fun. It's like never ending. Uh, but it, it's fun. And no, I really liked uh, talking with you today. Uh, you were great. I hope to uh, talk to you again. No, it was a lot, a lot of fun. <laughs> reliving like we're in the same space pretty much with video games it's like oh shit cool you know uh, no, it's, <laughs> it's was... awesome thank you again so much uh for inviting me this was a lot of fun no it was a lot of fun anytime and yeah we'll definitely uh stay in touch and have you on and uh yeah wh where can they find you at I'm, I'm sure i'll put all your links up and stuff like that but i know you have on your youtube channel and um, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. So um, I think I made it pretty streamlined for folks to just, you know, look me up at Glimmering Harpy. Uh, that is where you can find my Twitter, YouTube, and um, uh, other platforms that I have content on, uh, like TikTok, for example, I'm on threads, but the main platforms are going to be YouTube and, um, and Twitter. I'm on Twitter a lot. So yeah, come find me there. <laughs> same here no it's great yeah I'll, I'll make sure to put all that uh up here in the screen and in the description but yeah no it was real fun thank you for talking with you with you today uh, it was real fun talking to you today thank you so much and i'm glad you know we found the time to do this it was great yeah thank you so much yeah no uh and that's that's a wrap everyone take care bye say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.